All right, so uh, we're going to take some time in the book uh, of Luke in chapter 15. Uh, and we're going to look at a number of things. Who here has a really good forgetter? Raise your hands. Wives, you can answer for your husbands. Some of the husbands are like, no, I forget nothing. Where are we going for dinner? <laughs> All right. Uh, the reality is uh, I have a really good one. I mean, you can ask my wife about it after church. My forgetter works at 110 capacity all the time. I mean, it worked so good when I was a kid, too. I mean, this, this thing's been working good my whole life. All right, I remember as a kid growing, going to school, I went to a small Christian school there in St. John's, Newfoundland. And at the end of every semester, they would have the lost and found department out. And I was amazed how much stuff was mine. I mean, like, this was Christmas. I mean, except it smelled really bad. I mean, besides that, it was Christmas. I mean, I'd bring that stuff home, and Mom would be like, Mark, I told you you took that to school. You know? And it's just the idea, and I still struggle with it. I just went to Chicago for a conference, then I went to Ohio for the Caleb's uh, wedding, and Lizzie's wedding, and uh, I lost my glasses on the first day. And <laughs> this sounds really bad. Then I lost my dress pants on the last day. Uh, that's a story I don't want to go into right now. But anyways, uh, I still have a really good forgetter. So this portion, Luke chapter 15, this really applies to me because this is the lost and found department in the Bible, okay? Uh, we're going to look at a lot of uh, lessons here about what was lost and what was found, okay? That, that's what this whole uh, chapter is really about, is lost and found. So Luke chapter 15, and we're going to start in verse number 3. Luke 15, verse number 3. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, when a... What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave them ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after them which is lost, until he find it? And when he hath found it, he lays on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over 99 just persons which need no forgiveness. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for this time that we have to gather together. And Lord, I'm sure there's many burdens on the folks' hearts here this morning. And Lord, I pray the message this morning would encourage them to know that there is a good shepherd. He loves us. And he desires to reach all those who are lost. And Lord, I pray you encourage our hearts now in Jesus' name. Amen. So, it's a parable here, but just think of it this way, you know, a little paraphrase you might say. One day, a man goes to his field to look over his sheep, his flock. And he's expecting to find a hundred in his flock. I don't know if they're in the fold yet, but you know, whatever, he's, there he's looking. But to his dismay, he discovers that one of the flock is missing. Now, if it was me, I would recount a few times just to make sure. You know, sometimes that happens, right? You know, I missed one. I mean, one is not that hard to miss out of a hundred. Really, think about it. One? It's not that hard to miss. And so maybe he counts it again. And, and uh, I'm not that super familiar with sheep either, but they all kind of look the same to me, right? You know, four legs, the head looks similar, they're white or dirty, whatever. I mean, they all look very similar, but uh, this guy counts them again, and sure enough, there is indeed one missing. So then motivated by the danger to the sheep and to the loss to himself, the shepherd takes immediate action to restore that sheep to the proper place within the fold, 
back to the flock. And this is a vivid account of the searching, saving, and rejoicing. Uh, 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 and, and in this picture, we get a clear, defined look of the, the love and the labor of the Lord to reach the lost. It's, it's all through the Scripture and through the ones we'll see later on, too. That's a picture of salvation. And we don't want you to miss that this morning. And you know, if you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to hear about what Jesus has done for you. Absolutely going to hear about that. How He has provided salvation so that you might be saved. Now, there was many in this room this morning who would give account of testimony that they have made that life-changing decision as well. And they do not regret it. You're here, maybe you're here this morning and you're like, well, Pastor Alcock, uh, this message doesn't really apply to me. I am saved. Well, praise the Lord, you are saved, but it still applies because we still need to give God the glory. Amen? For what He's done. Uh, this is no light thing. This is no small matter what the Lord has done. And, and we need to be reminded of His love and His grace. No, we're really quick to forget the good things in life, but really, really respond quickly to the bad things, don't we? So we forget about the good, and we remember the bad. I think every human's made that way. Just that's our flesh nature. We need to remember, we need to ponder what the Lord has done. And we need to give Him the glory for it. And we need to rejoice. Uh, we need to say, thank you, Lord. I, I don't, I mean, sometimes it's good to ponder, where would I be if it wasn't for Jesus in my life? And I'm not talking about peripheral Jesus. I know about Him. I'm talking about accepting Him as my Lord and Savior like I did. I guarantee I wouldn't be here in Mississauga today if I had not made that decision. The reality is it changes your life. And I know I wouldn't be in a good place if I hadn't made that decision. Maybe you're here this morning and you're saved, but you know, you're, you're drifting away from the Lord. You're not where you need to be. This is a great time to get refocused. You, you drift away, but you can come on back. Amen? The Lord wants you to be serving Him. And there's no excuse not to. And, and you know what I found a lot of times is those who do drift away, all they think about is the bad. Well, this has happened to me and this has happened to me. The Lord really doesn't love me. Yes, the Lord really loves you. That's a lie of the Satan and the devil and, you know, someone the same and his minions. Listen, the Lord loves you. He cares about you. Serve him. Serve him and see what he will do uh, through your life. So we see, first of all, here in these verses, uh, in verse number four, uh, we see the shepherd's compassion. The shepherd's compassion. So what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not lead them ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? Now the word lost here is the same word that's translated perish in John 3.16, which means to be lost, ruined, or destroyed. It's used to refer to being eternally separated in a place called hell. That's what it's referring to. In other words, this little sheep, we don't know the size of it. Uh, we don't know how big or how small it was. That's not given to us. But the sheep are not that big anyway. Uh, but this little sheep is in great danger. It's headed for ruin. It's headed for destruction. And the shepherd knows this. And not, this knowledge that he has concerns him because he knows that this little sheep is headed to sure destruction. And he's moved by that knowledge to do something to save that lost sheep. By the way, the sheep is lost because it wandered away. The Lord didn't wander away. The sheep wandered from the shepherd. 
The sheep, the sheep has been separated from the shepherd. The reality is, have you noticed this? There's a whole lot of blame shifting going on in our world today. Not my fault, it's his fault. And if you haven't, go to like a nursery or a young child's uh, class and you'll see real quick, Bobby made me do it. She may, Susie made me do it. And the reality is it's going on in adult life too, isn't it? Oh, I, I'm not responsible for that. I, you know, no, yes, and you are. You're responsible. In our society, there's lots of, of passing the blame, passing the buck, that let it go. Uh, you know what? The blame game's been around since the dawn of civilization. Adam and Eve, they started it. <laughs> you see what I just did there? Blaming them. But when the sin first occurred, Adam said, oh, she made me do it. The woman you gave me made me do it. Man, he never lived that one down, did he? Man, I'm sure he heard about that one a few times. But at any rate... Now, the reality is we just like to blame and pass it along because we don't want to take responsibility. That little sheep is lost because it decided to go its own way. It decided that. God knows the lost condition of humanity. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord have laid on him the iniquity of us all. He knows the lost condition of your heart as well as mine. He knew me. He knows you. He knows that you're lost because we are of the heritage of Adam. You know, we have the sin nature and we choose sin. We choose sin. We, we, we choose sin with the sense of, hey, when we're first little people, you know, little babies, oh, they're so cute. You know, they want their own way pretty quick, don't they? I don't want to lay in this bed. They can't communicate that way to us. I don't want to lay here. I want to be held. They can't communicate that. They, you know what they do, right? They cry. They screech. They ball. Some people say they make a racket. Whatever. But the idea is that they're trying to insert their own will, the way they want to do things. And it doesn't take long. Maybe at first you're like, oh, no, they're hungry, pastor. They need the diaper change. Okay, fine. It won't be long before you see them exerting their will upon you. It won't be long. It's just because it's sin nature and we choose sin as, as our flesh. He knows us and, and He knows that without Him we're headed to a crisis eternity. That's the end of the road for all people who do not accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. That's the end of the road. That's where it stops. That's where the end, finit. Uh, uh, Psalms 9.17 says, The wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. They did turn from Him. Not only does He know the lost condition, He's moved to do something about it. So I might know about something, a problem or a situation, uh, but I might not do anything about it. But the Lord knows about our lost condition and He did something about it. He, he has compassion for the lost sheep and he's got, he, he loves the sheep. The sheep uh, may have wandered away uh, from the shepherd, you know, in the sense that he wasn't close to the shepherd, but the shepherd still loved him. Amen? Absolutely. Who would do that? For one. He went after that little sheep and went to find him. That was precious to him. There was value in that sheep. And listen, folks, there's value in your life today. Do not fall for this uh, philosophy out there that, oh, you know, I don't know how much I'm worth. Don't listen to the voices of the world. Listen to Jesus. He says your life's valuable. Your life's so valuable, he died for you. That's pretty amazing. You're pretty valuable. You are created perfectly. Well, you say, well, pastor, I can't sing like that person. And I can't do this over here. Listen, God did not make a mistake when He made you. He made you absolutely the way you're supposed to be. 
Absolutely. And you can find peace. You can find comfort in Him. He loves you. And he, he wants this, this shepherd. He, he loves this little sheep. He wants him to come back. To, there's value to him. He cares about that lost one. Listen, the good shepherd cares about all the lost sheep in this world today, this morning. He loves every one of them. And if you're lost, I want you to know that God loves you. God loves you. And he demonstrates that in two ways. First of all, he said it. Jeremiah 31, 3. Saying, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. And in John 3.16, probably one of the most famous verses in the Bible. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So He said it. Now it's important to say I love you, right? I mean, if, if you met a married couple and spent time with them and you never heard them say I, I love you, you'd be like, what's this about? But... The words are important, but actions are even more important, don't they? Because they demonstrate it. Because you might never hear, hear someone say, a husband say to the wife, I love you, or vice versa, but you can see his actions or her actions towards the other, right? And say, oh yeah, he loves her, or she loves him. And Jesus demonstrated it. He showed it. Romans 5, verse 6, From when yet we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. He died. That is... That's an action, right? That's a demonstration. I love you. For scarcely a righteous man would one would die, yet prevention for a good man someone even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you were ever in the doubt of the love of God, you don't need to look any further than Calvary. God loves you. He sent his son for you. He absolutely loves you. Without a doubt. Just the one. It doesn't matter. And this sheep was all by himself, right? There's no one else. There's the hundred and one's gone. Just one sheep was missing. Yet the shepherd went, still went for it. You know, another shepherd might say, you know what? That might cost me a lot. You know, I, I don't know if I'm really willing to pay that price. Maybe, maybe I'll just let that one go. I mean, it's just one. I mean, it's really, what's the big deal? One. I mean, I got 99 other sheep, Right? I mean, I got 99 other ones. Why do I need to go after that one? I mean, maybe I'll just, I'll just let it go. I mean, it's just one sheep. Shepherd saw value in just one sheep, and he went after it. And Jesus, the good shepherd, came to this world to die for the lost sheep. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I'm convinced that Jesus Christ came to this world to die and, and, and provide salvation to everyone, whoever would come. Uh, and, and accept Him. Come and let them that thirst come. Whosoever will, let him take uh, the water of life freely. It's there for everybody. Take it. He died for you. He desires that all men would come to Him. That's mentioned numerous times in the Scriptures. Come unto Me. Come unto Me. We see the shepherd's compassion and we see the shepherd's commitment. It, it was sacrificial. And, it, and when he had found it, so he went out in the wilderness, verse 4, and he found it and laid on his shoulder and he was rejoicing. Now, I have not been to the Middle East. I've seen lots of pictures. Uh, I've watched some video about it, some really, really good crisp video about it. So, not that I can say I was there, but I got some perspective on it. And the wilderness in the Middle East is not like the wilderness around here, is it? I mean, it's totally different. It's very arid. There's not much green that I've seen in it anyway. You know, so, uh, and lots, lots of hills in certain plots and uh, lots of, like, crevices and, like, it doesn't look like it's really easy walking uh, through that wilderness. And there's valleys. 
maybe some hidden valleys. If you're not paying attention, you could fall in there. Uh, I've watched some videos about, uh, I don't know where I saw it, but there was a bunch of rain, and all of a sudden it's like a flash flood, and where it was just a valley, now it's full of water over your head. Like, it wasn't long, and it showed up. I mean, there was no, like, a little trickle. Oh, I better get out of this valley. No, there it is. I mean, so the reality is, going in the wilderness, the nature side of it could be very dangerous, right? I mean, just think about this for a second. This is where the shepherd is going to go look for the sheep. You know? Uh, And the sheep is not thinking, where is the best place for me to hang out? He's just going all over the place. You know, and so he's looking. And then I thought about the creatures. It's just not nature. There's the creatures in the wilderness. Now, I, can, I can remember growing up in, in Newfoundland, uh, certain times of years, especially spring, you didn't really want to be in the woods too much, deep in the woods, because the old bears are getting up and they're hungry. You know, you stay away from certain areas where you know the bears are at. You know, in, in the Scriptures, we know that there was lions and bears in that part of the world. David killed a bear, and he killed a lion. This is what the shepherd is facing. This is the creature side of it. Just not nature now. And, you know, the big rainstorm or anything of that nature. Uh, and the bad cliffs and points and valleys and hills. Now, uh, the, the bear and the lions. And maybe there's other creatures out there that could have hurt him. And these creatures, hey, they're looking for an easy meal too, aren't they? And a sheep would be an easy meal. I mean, we could take that out real quick and eat that for lunch. And the reality is, this is what he's facing, the shepherd. So this is a commitment that's sacrificial. I'm ready to, I'm ready to sacrifice here. And the Lord Jesus, with his death, that was absolutely a sacrifice. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. John 10, 11. First Peter 19, 20 says, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. And the idea that this is what he did. He came. He was perfect. And he sacrificed for all men. It was a successful commitment. He didn't stop until he received, uh, found that sheep. And when he found it, he laid it on his shoulders rejoicing. He didn't stop until his mission was completed and that sheep had been found. You know, Jesus did not stop in, in, in the process of providing uh, uh, salvation until he said, It is finished! When he was on the cross. He paid the price. He paid the price for us. Mark 10.45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give His life a ransom for many. His labor has not been wasted. What Jesus Christ has done has not been wasted. He will return uh, to the fold with everything He went after. Listen, uh, the reality is, uh, when we get to heaven, we'll learn that the Good Shepherd perfectly fulfilled His mission, and all those who have accepted Him by faith will be there. Amen? They will be there with Him. We'll be there with Him if we accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. All around the throne. John seventeen twenty four. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, and that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given for me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. So we see the shepherd's compassion, we see the shepherd's commitment, and we see the shepherd's conquest. It involves rescue, doesn't it? What he did was a rescue. The sheep have been found and rescued from danger, and he saved it and rescued from harm. He's, he saved them from danger. He saved them from the danger of, of the of the nature of of the conditions and the geography, you know, with the valleys and things. And he saved them from the creatures. He saved them from other uh, individuals who might come upon that sheep and kill it and eat it. He saved it from danger. That's what the good shepherd does for all his sheep. 
He delivers them from danger and the bondage of sin. Just think about this. All of God's sheep, all those who accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, were delivered from some things. First of all is the penalty. He that believeth on the Son have everlasting life. He believeth not the Son shall not see light, but the wrath of God abideth on him forever. So we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We are delivered from the penalty of sin. That should make you excited this morning. That should... That if you're having a really bad, horrible, good-for-nothing, horrible July, that should encourage you. That if you know Jesus Christ as Savior, you are delivered from the penalty of sin. Yeah, it, that's really awesome. I mean, that we need again. Sometimes we forget about the good, right? We we know about it, yes, good, but the bad overcomes our minds. I'm no different than anybody else here. Don't think that I got this all figured because I struggle with it too. We want to focus on the bad, but this is good. This is very good. This is excellent. That this is what the situation is. We're delivered from the penalty. We're delivered from the power of sin. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under law, but under grace. Uh, hey, I can remember before I got saved, and you know, I, I didn't have freedom. I didn't have liberty from sin. I was enslaved to it. But when I accept Jesus Christ as Savior, the chains were broken. Amen. I wasn't a slave to sin anymore. I wasn't in bondage. That's not to say that we can't be enslaved again in the sense that we might go back to some bad habits. You know, I'll always be watching out for that. But sin doesn't know me anymore, amen? And I'm, I'm not in bondage that anymore. I'm, I'm free from that in Jesus Christ. I'm delivered from that. I'm, and, and in the future, I'm delivered from the presence of sin. Revelation twenty one twenty seven, and there shall no wise enter into anything that defileth, and neither whatsoever worth uh, abomination or make it a lie, but that which are written in the Lamb's book of life. When I get to heaven, I will be no longer in the presence of sin. That is, I'm delivered from that. Isn't that amazing? So I no longer do I have to deal with sickness. I don't have to deal with anything horrible. This is a place of love and truth and righteousness and glory. Man, this is the this is what we're delivered from. It's amazing. So often we forget about it. We get so busy in our own our lives, our families, that we forget about these things. Listen, this is what we're delivered from as a uh, in the sheepfold of God with accepting Christ as Savior. We are rescued from these things. It involves rest as well. That lost and wayward sheep is not responsible to get its way home. It may have wandered away. But getting home is the responsibility of the shepherd. Aren't you glad for that today? The shepherd's the one taking care of us getting home. He's the one taking care of it, not us. Oh, we bumbled around and went down the valley or fell in this or whatever. The shepherd comes along and pulls us up and he takes care of us. He's watching out for us. He's delivered us. And we can have rest. You see where that sheep is as he's coming out of the, the wilderness? As he's coming away from that, the nature that's horrible, you know, the, the valleys, the hills, the cliffs and things. And he's getting away from the creatures, the lions and the bears. You know where he is? On the shoulders of the good shepherd. Talk about being a really protected place, amen? A place of security, a place of rest on the strong shoulders of the shepherd. Thank God the Lord's sheep are not responsible for getting themselves home. But we're kept by the power of God, 1 Peter 1.5. And we can rest upon His precious promises for their salvation. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Listen, when you accept Jesus Christ as Savior, you're in for eternity. 
Amen? You're a part of the family. You're in. And I, I had some people say, well, I don't want to be in. That's foolishness. Of course you want to be in. Serve Jesus Christ. Do what's right. You're saved. I just told you about the things that you're freed from. You're delivered from. I mean, that's amazing. We don't deserve it. And we can't take ourselves out because we're in God's hand. No one's greater than God. We're in the hand of God. He's there to take care of us and watch over us and, and lead us through. You know, the Lord's sheep are, are saved by grace and His grace that uh, sees them home. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So it's not me laboring here at Legacy Baptist Church day after day and week after week and month after month and year after year that makes sure I get to heaven. I rest in Jesus Christ and Him alone. And so should you. That's absolutely the way it works. Rest in Him. Your works don't, your works don't save you. Your works don't keep you saved. It's through Jesus you get saved and He keeps you saved. You know, there's a lot of confusion out there today about salvation and about being saved and how to keep it saved. Hey, once you accept the gift, it's you're in forever, for eternity. None of the Lord's sheep need to ever worry about being left behind. The shepherd was able to lift the sheep and bear it upon his shoulders all the way back to the fold. He had sufficient endurance to make it and finish what he started. Aren't you so glad the Lord doesn't start something and drop it? He finishes the mission. He gets it done. He went after that sheep for the express purpose of bringing it home. Uh, notice his confidence, Luke 19.10, to seek and to save. That's Luke 19.10. John 6.37, Him that comes to me, I will no wise cast out. Uh, Hebrews 13.5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now, you get the idea here? The Lord's serious about this? He's serious about this and He's going to take care of it. He's going to watch out for it. John 3.16, John 5.24, John 6.47, John 10.28. I just mentioned that verse. All these give us evidence that the Lord's serious about this. He desires that men would come to Him. And when you come to Him, He is sufficient for the task of saving and keeping. And that should encourage us this morning. He's, he's sufficient. He has the strength. You don't ever have to worry about being lost again. Just be sure that you have Jesus Christ as Savior. That's all. That's it. You don't have to worry about being lost again. Just accept Christ as Savior. It's finished. It's complete. Oh yeah, if we were doing it on our own strength, we would absolutely fail. Because we can't do it on our own strength. Our strength will fail. It will evaporate. It will be diminished. But His strength and His power never wavers. Last night after the that big thunderstorm that went through, right? I mean, I was driving one minute and all of a sudden it was like sheets coming down. It was just pouring rain and I actually had to run from my house or from a house to a car. Got soaked in 30 seconds, less than 30 seconds. I mean, I was sopping wet. And after all that went through, I, I love after the, the, the thunderstorms go through and all the lightning, the lingering clouds, they're so beautiful. Uh, I really enjoy looking at them and watching as they just kind of sail on by. I mean, I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I understand the concept of why thunderstorms happen and all that. I understand it, but I really don't know how that works. And I'm just looking at creation and think, wow, what an amazing God I serve. You know, the God that made this universe, the God that made this planet, is the one that's keeping your salvation. 
He's the one that's keeping you. He made those clouds. He, he made this world. He, he did all those things that we see, we love. I mean, uh, the, the beautiful mountains, the beautiful coastline, the prairies, all the things in our country, amazing beauty. He created them. He can keep you saved. And it doesn't cause him to sweat a bit. Just trust him. Just trust me. And I'll take care of you. Wow, what an amazing Savior, amen? Amazing. Involves rejoicing. We see that when he put that sheep, he found it, laid on his shoulders. And the story, I mean, it's a parable, so details of how long it was. I mean, again, it was a story that illustrated truth. But, I mean, I don't think he was just around the corner, right? I mean, it was the way. And he comes back and he's rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he called together his friends and neighbors, saying unto him, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. So I guarantee you this shepherd wasn't a newfie. Because the newfies I'd know be like, What a dumb sheep. My goodness, he got away again. That, I'm just being honest with you. Alright. Well, what? Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm, George, you see this sheep got away at me again, George. I think I might have to tie him down or something. No. With the Lord, with this, in the store, the shepherd's like, Rejoice! I found the sheep! It's time to rejoice. The one that was lost, I found him. He's returned. He's excited. He's overjoyed with the rescue of not 99, but one. One sheep caused him to rejoice. It makes clear that heaven gets excited about the salvation of just one lost soul. Just one. And the heavens rejoice. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. One sinner that turns to God. Turns from the old wicked ways and turns to God. There's rejoicing. And I, that rejoicing, there's no, there's no uh, missed cues. Everybody, all those angels singing perfectly. They're rejoicing. It's a time in heaven. Uh, maybe the trumpets are blowing. I mean, I don't know exactly what happens, but it's a time of rejoicing in heaven when one person turns from the sin and wickedness and whatever they believe and trusts in Jesus Christ. Wow. That's amazing. Do you understand how much you're worth to God? When one does that. Whatever day you got saved, whatever day that was, that day there was rejoicing in heaven because you accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. That's how important you are to God. That's amazing. That's amazing. Hey, and He takes that person who's accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, He takes that person from whatever they were in, whatever... Listen, it doesn't matter if you are the biker gang leader of some thing over here and you get all kinds of bad things, or you were that good little boy who went to church with your parents every week. You were lost. And you got saved. And then God takes you and He does amazing things with you if you will follow Him. So salvation is secure. That moment you accept Christ, it's secure. You're in. You're, fo- you're in. You're in the family. You're in the fold. But then you've got to make a decision. Am I going to follow the Lord? Each and every day, am I going to do what's right? And I'm going to tell you right now, there's people in this room who will give testimonies. I have followed Christ and they have done some amazing things with your life. The Lord has. Because you follow Jesus. 
But you think about, I don't know, maybe there's a famous preacher of yesteryear you you really enjoy to read about. You're like, the Lord used him in amazing ways. Listen, the Lord saved him just like he saved you. And that individual said, listen, I'm going to follow the Lord. And the Lord used him. You can do the same thing. You might not have the big church like they had or have the big ministry like they had, but the Lord can use you in ways that you can't even imagine. I guarantee you, on April 1st, uh, 1996, when I got married, uh, sorry, married, oh boy, I'm getting in trouble later. Uh, when I got saved, when I got saved, I never thought I'd be standing in Legacy Baptist Church in Mississauga, Ontario. No way. If you would have told me, I would have ran for the hills. I'm saved, but I'm not having, not because you're not bad people or anything, but I would scare to death. I'd be like, no way! And that's not for me! I'm not ready for that! And actually, if I did say that, I was absolutely right. I was not ready. But it's just amazing how the Lord takes you and He leads you down the path, He encourages you, He teaches you, you go through hard times, He goes through here, He goes through here, and then bang, boom, here. We just got to be willing to follow. Follow the shepherd and see what He'll do with us. Amazing. Truly amazing what the Lord has done. It's just yesterday as I was reading over this sermon sitting on my front patio watching those clouds go by. I'm like, Lord, I don't even know how you put all the pieces together for me to be here. But he did it just the way he wanted. He's the one taking care of it. He's the one taking care of our church. Amen. He's the one leading us and that's the one we need to be following. Follow him. You'll never go wrong following the good shepherd. You'll get yourself in trouble if you don't follow Him, but you'll never go wrong following the Good Shepherd. 